Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. But we are starting a new series that's called Dangerous Prayers. Dangerous Prayers. Now, I don't know if you remember, but one year ago, this uh, state, you couldn't even get into Queensland if you wanted to. You couldn't even cross the border if you had a relative on the other side. We were in COVID, some form of COVID lockdown, statewide quarantine, all kinds of things. It's hard to remember that that was just a year ago, right? But one of the things in that COVID time is we were talking about this idea of what is an essential service? Like if we're going to lock some things down, what is essential? And I believe that for every Jesus follower, every person who chooses to put Jesus first, that prayer is an essential service, not just for ourselves, but it's an essential call that every believer has been invited and also really encouraged. It's what we need. We need to learn how to pray. And so the title of this message is called Dangerous Prayers. Now the Bible says in John 10.10 that the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus comes to have life. And the whole idea behind Dangerous Prayers is for us to learn how to pray with power and potency to defeat the work of the enemy in our lives and in those around us. And so the type of prayers that we want to learn how to pray are prayers that are dangerous to the devil and dangerous to his destructive work. They're going to be dangerous to the patterns of your past that are limiting you. They're going to be dangerous in terms of the things that are trying to stop you and others advancing in the kingdom of God. And so we are so delighted uh, to be starting this series today. Here's what I want to say. I want to throw out this statement, which is helpful. You know, sometimes we can get in situations where we can feel like our only option is to pray. And I don't know if you've like, oh, I don't know what to do. So I'll just pray for you. And here's what I want to say is, Prayer is the most that you can do for somebody, not the least that you can do. Prayer is the pinnacle. So any situation, yes, I want to help people practically, but the pinnacle of that situation is connecting that person to the provision and the person of God. And so this is something, prayer is the most that we can do, not the least that we can do. And I've invited um, my father, Pastor John Scott, to come and share And he is someone who has learnt to pray over decades, just like we're inviting you to do, to learn how to pray, to grow in your authority and strength. And he is someone who has many stories of him coming to God and learning how to release faith and defeat the work of the enemy in people's lives. So why don't you give him a huge welcome as he comes. And thank you so much for our team. 
thank you, Pastor Andrew. That's great saying that, isn't it? It's really good. Uh, the good thing and the bad thing about being here is I see shapes there, but I, I can't read faces. So uh, if I'm going to do something on dangerous prayers, we should pray. And this is the prayer, Father, open our eyes, open our eyes to see who you are and what you are about and our role in partnering with you to see your will be done and your kingdom come. Lord, this morning, may there come revelation to our hearts. May there be a change in our uh, understanding of what the call of God on our life is and how we can impact everyone around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I've done for the definition, dangerous prayer is prayer that disrupts the work of the enemy and establishes renewal in our lives and in the city. The reason why the enemy wants to kill, steal and destroy is because he knows what God's agenda for you, your family, your community and the city is about. And the enemy just wants to disrupt that. We have been given power to disrupt him. And uh, interestingly, uh, in Romans where it says that we are called to rule and reign in life through one Christ Jesus, if you remember the verse, you are called to rule and reign in life. The question is, how do you do that? And the answer is through prayer. Now, uh, I've been given 20 minutes, and I'll take more than 20 minutes. Uh, I've been given 20 minutes to talk on prayer. How on earth could you do that except Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says this, praying in the Spirit, all kinds of prayer. So in other words, you're not limited to the, the, the one special way to pray. This is the way to pray. No, there's not one way to pray. There's all kinds of ways to pray. My wife Catherine and I pray totally differently. We have just a totally different agenda, the shape, size, the time, the place, and the words we use for prayer. We are so totally different. And you have, a, have got a prayer method that suits you. It's comfortable with you, are comfortable with that. And, uh, and it fits you. It's your type of prayer and it works for you. And you are on this prayer adventure, uh, the adventure to find how to pray properly and then the adventure how to use that and the adventure for what happens with that. All kinds of prayer, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Um, the one type of prayer I'm going to emphasize this morning is praying the word of God. In other words, when God says something, pray that back so that you are aligned with him. It's like the tuning fork. You are resonating with the same vib vibration that he's resonating to. It's like if he says it, I'll pray. For example... Uh, in Isaiah 26, it talks about praying for Jerusalem. And in verse uh, 6 in the message, it says, uh, Night and day, the watchman on the wall, this is, night and day, they kept at it, praying, calling out, reminding God to remember. Lord, you said you'd make Jerusalem uh, a glory in the earth. 
Lord, you said you bring peace to Jerusalem. And they kept at it, reminding him what he said. Can you imagine the power you have and the authority you have and the confidence you have is that when you go to prayer, you remind God what he said. Lord, you promised this. Lord, you said that. Uh, I remember uh, when I was working, uh, driving as a, a territory manager, I had a brand new sports car. The, the boss had bought me a sports car. It was manual shift and uh, it had air conditioning, which back in my day, that wasn't early days, uh, you know, no safety belts, no air conditioning, you know, no leather seats, uh, just vinyl, etc. And I remember that I got arthritis in this hand. And I went to the Lord and, and I, I remember uh, the verse in James chapter 5. It says, uh, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. And I said, Lord, Lord, you promised I'd be healed. You'd promised I'd be healed. I'm getting this arthritis in my hand. And he said, John, did you read the verse? You're quoting it to me, but did you read it? And I said, yes, it says, you know, you'd heal me. He said, no, no, if you confess your sin. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you know, you're starting to get bitterness in some situations and you're starting to hold grudges against people. I can heal you, but not with that grudge. Will you let it go? And I went, I mean, too much pain to hang on to it. So I let it go and he said, not only let it go, I don't want you ever to hold a grudge. I don't want you to be bitter, angry, unforgiving. I'm going to, I'm going to use this to teach you this is how I want you to live until I take you home. And that was a while ago. That was probably 47 years ago. And it was just a really good reminder and I got healed. But I... So when you go to him and quote the word, just read around either side of it. Remind the Lord. Remind the Lord. Now, uh, sometimes we pray for things. We can't pray for everything. We can't pray for everything. I remember I was working, uh, it was uh, January the 18th, uh, 1977, and I was working. I was really busy, and the news came on that a train going in New South Wales from the Blue Mountains through to uh, Sydney, had come off the rails, crashed into the bridge in Granville and had fallen on the train. It was Australia's worst train disaster. I think uh, 83 people died and a, and a baby in the womb died later. 84 people died, 213 people injured. And I was really shocked by this and it was like I knew somebody on the train. And so I rang Catherine up and I said, uh, honey, uh, you need to pray, you need to pray. Something's happened in Sydney and I, I, I feel there's a connection to it. And so uh, I was working and I got home and I said, how did you go? Did you pray? She said, no. I thought, how come you didn't pray? She said, John, it was your burden, not mine. And I went, I, I bombed. I was putting somebody else's burden. I was putting a burden for something on somebody else that... I should have stopped and carried it. I've learned to stop or I've learned to pray through when I'm working now. But that is so true, isn't it? You know, pastor, pastor, we need to pray for this. Pastor, we need to pray. You need to help me pray for this. Well, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you been given the burden? So when you're given the burden, take responsibility and say, Lord, show me how to pray for this and lead me to somebody else who can agree with me. And that's really important. So about in uh, 2014, there was a G20 meeting in Brisbane. The G20, for example, is uh, called the Group of 20. It's the, the top 20 nations in the world 
which is Australia is one of them, but Canada, England, India, Russia, China, etc. And they were going to meet here. All the heads of those countries were going to meet here. And I don't know whether you can throw the, up to the screen what happened in other countries that had G20. Like the centre of the city was burnt out. And so uh, we were part of a prayer network and some of the guys in the prayer network were in the police force. They were SWAT. They were body protection for uh, the leaders in the world. There were guys that were chauffeuring some of the vehicles around because they had to use Aussie chauffeurs in New Brisbane, etc. cetera. Uh, the top leaders in Brisbane City Council were Christians as well. So all these guys got together and said, can you pray? Can you pray? So uh, in the other countries, there was just um, uh, the centres of city riots and, and uh, anarchy and all sorts of things, anarchist groups that wanted to destroy the meeting and wanted to destroy the city. So this is the... This is the the prayer that we came up to, and we prayed this prayer every week for about six to eight weeks. And it's from Isaiah 28, verse 5 in the Message Bible. At that time, the God of the angel armies will be, beautiful, will be the beautiful crown on the head of his people. This is the prayer. Energy and insights of justice to those who guide and decide. Strength and prowess for those who guard and protect. So the... The guys that we knew, the Christians, were charged with protecting those leaders and protecting the city. One whole floor, I think it was of the Royal Women's Brisbane Hospital, Royal Brisbane Women's Hospital, RBWH, uh, was given over to emergency uh, care for any of the leaders that had been caught up in anarchy because there was a chance that that could have happened. Now, I'm not too sure, did you see the... See the flames on the right come up. You can't see the flames on the right because uh, PowerPoint is playing up, which is okay. But I've got all you know, cities burning and and anarchists with placards, etc. And then after that prayer, by the way, they had body bags ready and they had all sorts of emergency provisions to go on. And the next day, the protester was one guy in the street, one guy with a placard saying, "Don't shoot." And there was two policemen around this guy. I think it was a, a police overkill. I, I don't think they needed two policemen for him. And they were on push bikes as well. And it was like, what just happened? And the answer is nothing. And it was so different from what happened around the world. Uh, another example of that is um, in Queensland in, I think, 2011, uh, Australia was going to receive the worst cyclone, the largest cyclone we've ever had, and it was going to go across to Cairns, Cyclone Yatsi. And it was Category 5, and it crossed the coast at 285 kilometre an hour winds. Can you imagine the destruction that would be up, up north? And it was going to cross Cairns, and they had organised 40,000 body bags just in case it had taken the city of Cairns out because had it got loose in that. And so you don't have the slide for this as well, but there's a picture of uh, uh, Whitsunday Island Cardwell at the marina at Cardwell and all the boats up on the deck, just all these dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of boats just piled up on the deck. My twin brother was uh, living three blocks behind the marina uh, his house was there, and as a matter of fact, after the cyclone, his house was still there, but the roof was another block over beyond that. 
It just smashed its way through there. And uh, so we prayed one scripture. It doesn't have to be complicated, but one scripture we prayed. And the reason I'm mentioning this is that you need to find an appropriate scripture. So the way you do that is, uh, as Colossians says, uh, chapter 3, let the word of the Lord dwell richly in you. In other words, let the word of God be so rich in you, and Pastor Andrew's been talking about writing down in the prayer journal, journaling daily until you find those scriptures. You go, ah, I could use that one day if I'm in this situation, or I could use that for this situation now. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be highfalutin, and it doesn't have to be in eight different verses and or eight different translations. It's just find a word, a promise from God, and stand on it. It will change your life and change the life of people around you. Find the appropriate scripture. Get a, a working knowledge of the word of God so it becomes part of you. Uh, I remember... Um, uh, and how to use it. And it depends on your level of authority in where you're at. I was working for a large uh, Christian not-for-profit organisation about uh, 12 years ago. Uh, I was a project manager for their building. And then the CFO, the chief financial officer, resigned. And uh, they said, oh, we're doing some IT project management. We want you to do the scoping for a brand new quarter of a million dollar IT uh, purchase for payroll. They had over 600 staff on the payroll, and so they gave it to me. I'd never done this before. I called in the CEO, the COO, the CFO, anybody with an O in their name, they came into the meeting, and uh, we got the guys from this company, a big multinational company, that were there going to do a presentation on the software, and I'm the project manager, and I said, before we start, let's pray. And, uh, and so my word, not necessarily from the Scripture, but my word was this, Lord, you know more about IT than anybody in the room. You know more about payroll than anybody in the room. So we're going to humble ourselves and we're going to ask you to speak to us and help us decide the decision that we're going to make. In Jesus' name, amen. Not complicated. I had the authority to do that. I was the project manager and my neck was on the block. I think Queensland Health may have, may have been able to use that when they went a billion dollars over budget and it didn't work in their, in their payroll management system. Wherever you, make sure you've got the authority. If you haven't got the authority, they're going, what the, what's happening there? But find, find a word. So the word for Yahtzee was this, salvation belongs to the Lord. It's a quote from Psalm uh, uh, 3 verse 8, the King James Version. Salvation, deliverance and rescue. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And we looked at Yahtzee and we said salvation belongs to the Lord. Salvation. So instead of 40,000 body bags being used, salvation belongs to the Lord. Salvation belongs to the Lord. I didn't know it was going to come right across my brother's house. I didn't know. That's not the reason I prayed. Other people asked us to pray. We felt we'd take it on. We prayed. Do you know how many lives were lost in the largest cyclone ever to hit landfall in Australia? Not one. One guy died indirectly. He was hiding in a diesel pump room, pump generator, generating power, and he was hiding from the storm in there and was asphyxiated because of the fumes. But not a single person died because of that. We disrupted the plans of the devil. The devil comes to seek to steal and destroy, and you and I have the power to disrupt him. You have the power. 
to disrupt them. The thing about praying the word, it brings you confidence. I remember once Catherine and I, I was working for a guy in, a, in, a tra- in the transport industry. We are working in a big freight shed with massive freight trucks and delivering and interstate haulage and what have you. And uh, my boss uh, left and they got another boss and this was the worst boss in the world. Now, you, you may have worked for him. Uh, you may be working for him today. Uh, hopefully, you're not, not that person. You're not the worst boss in the world. But anyway, he was... Whatever I was, he was the polar opposite. You're chain-smoking, foul-mouthed, aggressive, and lots of other things I can't say because it's being recorded. It could go to podcast and children could listen. But he was the exact opposite. And he just – I drive up country with him and he's hanging out the window, swearing and smoking. And you know, in the days you're allowed to smoke uh, in, in the car. And, uh, and I thought, oh, what's going to happen here? And Catherine and I were praying about something, and then we just got a breakthrough, and we were praying for this guy and his wife because their little boy, Sam, had fallen into the bath and had three-degree burns on the inside of his foot, just burnt the whole soul off his foot, three degrees with scalding water. And uh, we were praying, and we just had this breakthrough. And that's what praying in the Word will do. It gives you the confidence. And so I did what you may have done and you might do. And if you've got a word of faith, because that's what the Scripture says, God, one of the gifts of the Spirit is a word of special faith, supernatural faith. So I rang him and I said to this guy, I said, Hey, just want to let you know that the Lord's going to heal your, heal your boy. And that was late at night. and put the phone down and they said, Thank you so much. I'm at work the next morning, 6.30, because it's a truck depot. I'm at work at 6.30. The wife drives in and she said, oh, I've just heard from the hospital they're doing the skin graft this morning. I had told them the night before that God was going to heal their boy. It's okay. What they do with the skin graft, I don't know, because you've got to find skin for the bottom of the foot. They get like a, uh, like a carrot peel or something and they peel a big whack of skin off the backside or somewhere and then they stitch it onto the foot so the skin can graft. So they're going to wound him to heal him. And so 6.30, she comes in and says, uh, they rang me, they're doing the operation this morning. And off she goes. At 9 o'clock, this is two and a half hours later, she comes into the depot. The depot's off the main street into a big depot, and it's like a big amphitheatre. And she comes in and she's standing on the horn of the car. <coughs> he's healed, he's healed, he's healed. Thank you. A bit of a, for those on the podcast, a bit of a laugh at the back because his child, hearing the words, he's healed, and he's laughing. How good is this as a story? Within two and a half hours, he was healed, and his mum and dad gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And the enemy's plans were disrupted. The enemy had a plan to destroy and disrupt that family and to inflict pain, but God had a plan to bring them to him. By the way, the scripture thing, the scripture says all things work together for good. My default prayer, praying the word of God is, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If you've got bad news happening to you at the moment or potentially bad news, can I suggest you you use the word of God? I will give thanks. I will praise God because I know what the devil wants to do and I know that God can thwart his plans. I know the 
The devil wants to disrupt your life, but God wants to disrupt the enemy and bring renewal to your heart, mind, and soul, bring renewal to your family, bring renewal to your community, bring renewal to your city. And you need to, you need to, it's an unfair fight. It's not fair. We have the victory. It's an unfair fight. We have prayer. It's an unfair fight. We have the word of God. It's an unfair fight. We have each other. We can join together. So you say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm battling here. So I'm battling to know which of one of the weapons that God has given me, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I sang recently, the enemy's got weapons, but so have you. And one of the ones is prayer. And the other one is the word of God. And when you mix them together like Araldite A and Araldite B, they work. You know Araldite A and Araldite B? People use it and they go, this Araldite A doesn't work. Of course it doesn't work. And, and Hebrews chapter 4 and 5 says um, uh, the word doesn't work. The Jewish people had the word, but it didn't work for them because they didn't mix it with faith. And you take the word and you take the promise and you take the prayer and you mix it with faith. And if you're struggling a bit, ring somebody and say, get their permission. Would you stand with me? I'm, I'm going to break through here. And you break through. I'm finishing with a prayer I'm going to give you. Now, I said it can be simple or it can be long, but this is a bit longer, but I'll give you the simplified version. The simplified version, this is, this is a prayer for renewal that can change your life. And it's found in Ephesians 1, 16 to 19 in the Message Bible. The summary is that our eyes would be open to all that Christ is. That's the summary. Or open my eyes. Now, we've got the people from YWAM here. And Liam said to me, have you ever been to YWAM? And I said, no, yes. I went for three weeks. Intercessors for Australia, listen to this, all the prayer warriors, and eat your heart out. Intercessors for Australia had a three-week intensive prayer retreat run at YWAM Goulburn by YWAM. And I'd just gone into the ministry. I'd never been to Bible college, but I'd gone into the ministry and the first thing I did was I go to this conference and it changed my life. And I remember as uh, Dean Sherman was sharing on the legal system of the universe, the authority that God's given us legally in prayer to change things, I remember standing up in the middle of 70 people, as only I can do, and you're allowed to too, as only I can do, and I said, I get it! Because my eyes were opened. And it radically changed my life forever. Before I went to the conference, if I wanted to pray for somebody, I thought volume really made the difference. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, we come against this thing. <coughs> just broken my voice. And that's what you do if it's just based on volume. And when I slowed down, I saw my authority in Jesus Christ and I just applied my authority. I just applied my authority. And so, and so this offer that was made to me and I took is the offer I make to you from the Word of God for you to take. 
Do you have something that's perplexing you at the moment for you or the people around you that either you're blind or they're blind and they can't see? Or the society is blind? As a matter of fact, the whole society is blind at the moment. It's like they're stumbling around going, oh, what are they doing? This one prayer makes all the difference. This is the prayer. I'm going to read it to you and then I'm going to ask you to repeat it after me. This is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 and 19 in the Message Bible. I ask, ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. What a prayer. And the authority that you've got the authority to pray that because that's the, you're praying the word. Ask that you might intelligently and discerning in your knowing him personally. If that prayer was answered, your life would change its projection, its trajectory. The more you know him, the more you know him, the clearer you know him, the more effective you become in serving him. So that your eyes are focused and clear. So that your eyes are focused and clear. So that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Did you know there's a call of God on your life? Do you know that God's called you? Wherever you are right now is the best place to start. He's called you to serve him. But how will I know what to do? You won't know until you clearly see him, know him personally. And when you clearly see him and know him personally, then you will know what he's called you to do. And you'll have confidence in that. So that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do and grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, uh, well, so it's not boring. It was never going to be boring. You think it's going to be boring if you listen to the enemy and you hold back. Get into it and you'll find the fullness that what he's got. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. Would you stand with me, please? A number of years ago, we moved from uh, Sydney to Adelaide to pastor a church. We had a house in Sydney, uh, miraculously, having come back from Thailand with nothing at the age of 46. My net asset value, it's like a YWAMA, was five grand. Oh, that a YWAMA had five grand. No, they never seen five grand in their life. Never see it again for a while. And God gave us a house and then we moved uh, to another bigger house and then we went to Adelaide. I went to the bank manager and uh, I said, I want to buy a house in Adelaide, sell the one in Sydney. He said, I don't sell the one in Sydney. Keep the one in Sydney. Buy another one on a pastor's salary. It's like, there's another miracle for you. Anyway, we, we were trying to sell it. and we'd, Anyway, I got up and I said to the church in Adelaide, I said, we're trying to sell the house in Sydney, uh, but it's not working. Um, I think we're divided as a congregation. Half of you are praying for us to keep it. Half of you are praying that we'll sell it. Let's get some unity here. 
we want to sell it. And so the scripture says in Matthew 18, again, truly, let me tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Can I get us to agree on this verse? That's my point. Can I get us to agree on this verse? That our eyes be open. What have you got to lose other than stumbling around in the dark? Unless you want to stumble around in the dark, but I don't recommend it. It's not really good for your health. Would you, if you agree, repeat after me. I ask. It'll have to be a little bit louder because uh, it's like authority thing. It's like the declaration. It's like a prayer. It's like, as a matter of fact, Jeremiah says, a curse be on him who withholds his sword from blood. And they would get the sword out, wave it around a bit. There's war to be done. Come on. Come on, let's get into this. I ask, ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make me intelligent and discerning in knowing Him, knowing Him personally. I pray that my eyes might be focused and clear so that I can see exactly what He is calling me to do, that I might grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life that He has for me and all His followers. I rejoice in the utter extravagance, the extravagance of His work in we who believe. I thank You for endless energy and boundless strength. In Jesus' name, amen. And now, Father, under the watch care of your Holy Spirit, open our eyes, the eyes of our hearts. We cannot disrupt anything in our own strength. And we wouldn't even know what to disrupt, even if we could. But we again partner with the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of His Holy Spirit again today. Open eyes, clear focus, serving the true and living God. Amen. Amen. Let's take... Let's just take uh, a few moments just, just to wait on God. Just allow Him to speak to you. What is He saying to you out of this message? What is He saying? You might want to just uh, put your hands in front of you and you may even want to pray, Holy Spirit, just speak to me, spirit to spirit. Some of you might give you a picture. Some of you might have a phrase or a word. Some of you, the Holy Spirit might be reminding you of a verse from the Word. Some of you might be like, I've got nothing. But just wait on the Lord. Just wait on the Lord.
Spirit. I want to pray just for a couple of people. Anyone here who is feeling depleted, who is feeling de-energized in a significant way. You know, the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians that God wants to strengthen us in our innermost being, meaning He wants to impart resilience to us. He wants to impart strength to us, meaning He gives us strength that we don't have, haven't earned, don't deserve. So if that's you, I want to just pray, just release that strengthening in your innermost being. In your deepest part, maybe you feel, there's some people here that feel soul tired, that just like deep within, they're just like, I'm just, it's not, I just run out of energy or puff. Maybe there's someone here, you feel discouraged. The word said he is the lifter of our head. It's a work of the spirit. And so right now, let's, Let's just begin to pray. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, this is such a valuable moment where God can just bring joy to people's lives, just bring strength to people's lives, just bring hope to people's lives. Holy Spirit, the work within. Thank you, Holy Spirit, your wonderful presence, your wonderful presence within us in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus so good you know I encourage you this week the brilliant uh, English author uh, philosopher theologian uh, GK Chesterton he said if a thing is worth doing it's worth doing badly what do we mean by that it means like if you think like I can't I don't know how to pray because I'm going to make a mess of it He's saying, if it's, you just make a start, just take a step, just do it and allow God to work with the little that you have, that you bring to Him. And as a community, we want to help you. So I want to encourage you with that. There's a saying that says, there, is, there are no experts in the company of Jesus. All of us are here on a journey growing day by day into the likeness of Jesus and learning to be like Him. And one of the ways we do that is in our prayer. So uh, we're going to finish in in about one minute. We're going to have some food together, uh, some smiles. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.